Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. This episode is brought to you by Organifi, and I have an exclusive offer for you. In addition to 20% off all Organifi products using our unique code FUNK, F-U-N-K, for the month of September, you also receive free shipping. So if you've been using Organifi powders and loving them, now is the chance to stock up. If you've never tried it before, great time to do so. You can check out their Sunrise to Sunset Power Bundle. This is three of their best sellers. So you have the gold, which is a turmeric blend. You can make golden milk. You have the green juice, and then you also have the red juice, which is a mix of different uh, berries and beets and good things like that. Might I also recommend throwing in some immunity powder super great for the back to school season. So check them out, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Use code FUNK to save 20% and get free shipping through the month of September. And we got to shout out our show sponsor and local friend, Coyote River Hemp Co. I've known the owner, Ryan, going all the way back over a decade, way back to my health food store days. So I know them personally. I use this company personally. They are committed to regenerative farming practices. So they're giving more than they take, giving more back to the land than they take. And I want you to understand that not all CBD products are created equally. So you always have to be a savvy consumer if you're utilizing CBD. A common question that people will ask is, what dose do I start out with? And uh, Coyote River always recommends Same thing that I do, start low and go slow. Start with a low dose, slowly work your way up to the results that you're after. It can take a few weeks of consistently using CBD for uh, your body to fully recognize it. So it is a good daily routine. I suggest starting with Coyote River, 500 milligram hemp tincture. You can um, titrate that dose up or down. I also really dig the nighttime formula. It has 500 milligrams of CBD and 100 milligrams of CBN, and it really helps with sleep. I've gotten a lot of feedback from folks, and you are doing well with it. So head over to their website, coyoteriverhempco.com. Use code FUNK10 to save you 15%. And just remember that the support from our sponsors allow the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content. So we thank them, and we hope that you support them too. Hello, my friends. We're back. Another week, another podcast episode. I am sitting right by an open window in my office, and it is gorgeous outside, quintessential fall New England weather, and I am here for it. Um, But there's some activity. I don't know if it's crickets or grasshoppers, uh, but they're making a ruckus. Um, So if you hear that in the background, hopefully you can just enjoy it because because I want to keep that window open. Anyway, 
love that you loved last week's episode about blood pressure. That's definitely one of those, um, I don't know, like foundational basic episodes. Uh, So please feel free to share that with anyone in your life who could benefit from it. And that's a lot of people. Um, Super grateful for, for all of you who gave me great feedback and are sending that along to other people that that information could help. Um, Just as a reminder, and I always feel bad because those of you who have been along for the podcast ride for the past four years um, know this and respect this, and I just feel bad that you have to hear this over and over, but just understand that every time I make an announcement like this, um, there's like 20 to 30 people that maybe um, have not heard this message and so don't understand. But as a gentle reminder... My DMs, my direct messages, is are not the place to get your follow up questions um, to podcast content. So let's. I got a real uptick in them. So blood pressure. You listen to it and you're like, oh, I have all these questions, or my husband's struggling with this, or I know somebody with this. And so I got a lot of DM questions. I don't answer questions in DMs for a litany of reasons that I've discussed multiple times over. Truly the only place to get questions answered are if you're working with me one-on-one as a client or if you're engaged in a group program like Your Hormone Revival, which we, I mean, totally sold out. We have 50 people for September's class. I mean, this is a huge group. I'm so excited. We're getting started towards the end of the month. It's going to be awesome. Um, My next community class will be in January. That's the Carb Compatibility Project. That's all about metabolic health, blood sugar regulation. It's a really good program. Um, So if you have questions, if you want direct access to me, those are really the only places to get it. I know in, in the age of social media, it seems like we, we have easy access to everybody, but um, I have to kind of manage my own energy so I can keep showing up and doing my actual work and uh, making this podcast happen. So appreciate that. If you ever want to um, submit a question for the podcast, you can use the form, the contact form on my website, erinholthealth.com. That will go through the appropriate channels. My team will field it and we'll uh, put it into the queue for an upcoming show. So happy to do that. Um, But just understand, I get so many messages every day that usually they'll just, they'll fall into the abyss. If, if a message comes in to me asking me to do more than I'm already doing, it usually just falls into the abyss. Again, it's a way that I moderate my energy. I don't just talk about setting boundaries. I actually live this. So I encourage you to do the same. Not everybody should have access to you 24 seven. That's no way to live. We've normalized that behavior, but it's really an exhaustive way to live. So Anyway, moving on, the name of the game today is all about the immune system. Lots and lots and lots of folks are are uh, talking about the immune system, asking me about the immune system as we navigate the changing of the seasons and the back to school time. And um, I've, I've already created a tremendous amount of uh, resources about the immune system. So we have episode 97 where I talked about optimizing your gut health to optimize immune fu- function. Uh, 104, episode 104, I talked about immune health, gut health, and nature. Episode 126, I talked specifically about probiotics for the immune system. Episode 92, I talked about innate versus adaptive immunity. So kind of like two arms of the immune system. So there's a lot of, I'm just kind of scratching the surface with those, but there's a lot of information for you to tuck into. 
What I'm going to do over the next few weeks, few months is talk about more practical strategies for you to implement into your life. So I, I hear you. I get that you're anxious about it. Listen, me too. You know, my kid's back in school, so I hear you. So let's all... Um, Let's all tackle this, this adventure together, shall we? Uh, as a general recommendation, like the three most important things you can do for immune health, this extends to you, this extends to your kiddos, get plenty of sleep. Um, I'm talking, you know, eight hours a night for most people. There's a lot of people that have like convinced themselves that they can exist on four to five hours a night. It's generally not true. It's generally not true. Um, so get plenty of sleep shoot for seven to nine hours per night. Reduce your stress. I talk about that all the time on the show. Hey, want to know one way to reduce stress? Set some boundaries in your life. Does everybody have access to you all the time? (laughs) Change that. Um, And then eat well. You got to eat well. You kind of have to fuel your immune system, so to speak. And if you feel like you need some help with eating a more whole foods diet, I do have my Eat to Achieve program. It's a 21-day self-study program where you can overhaul your your diet for under 100 bucks. So that's always available for you for purchase. I'll make sure we link it up in the show notes for you, okay? And on top of that, I've been doing a lot of... Uh, like food basics stuff on Instagram. So I have two highlights. Um, one is called dinner inspo. And then one is, I think it's school lunches maybe. And so I'm talking about just like how I create dinner every night in like 20 minutes or less. I am a no muss, no fuss type of cook. I don't do elaborate recipes. I'm just like, you know, eating the protein and the veg and making it taste delightful. So you can check me out on Instagram, The Functional Nutritionist. If you don't follow me already, I'm doing lots of content for you. Today, we're specifically talking about vitamin D, kind of some updated info. A a little over a year ago, it was uh, June 2020. So yeah, over a year ago, I released episode 105 all your vitamin D questions answered. So this is going to build on that. This is not going to go into the basics of vitamin D, why it's so great, what it does. Um, In that episode, I talk about reasons for vitamin D deficiency, why it's so rampant. Lots of folks are vitamin D deficient. Um, Ways to get vitamin D. Um, And at the start of the show, I talked about a lot of speculation at that time in regards to vitamin D and COVID. But now, over a year later, we actually have a a lot of research to back up that speculation. So uh, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Now, Chris Masterjohn, who is, I've, I've mentioned him on the show before. He has his PhD in nutritional sciences. He did several years um, as uh, a postdoc research associate. He was assistant professor of health and nutrition sciences at Brooklyn College. So he's he's a researcher uh, through and through. And he put together a robust and comprehensive compilation of the research looking at COVID and vitamin D. And I will link to that in the show notes. It's called Vitamin D in COVID-19, the Current State of Evidence. It's really good. So my original plan was just to send this out to the my newsletter, like, hey, read this. But it's also really, really long. Like I said, he is a researcher. He really does his due diligence and he takes his time explaining his points and unpacking the research. And it's long. 
And I recognize that not everyone is looking for that level of detail. And the likelihood of folks reading the whole thing is pretty low, especially because it's not like curated in a 15 second video with like choreography and good lighting, (laughs) you know? So like nobody wants it, but it really is important. And it's so important. I wanted to make sure that you got the information. So that is the point of today's episode to give you the take home points. Like here's here's what the the data says and here's what you can do about it. Um, I will link to his article in the show notes, okay? It has 173 citations, okay? So there's lots of lots of research to wade through if that is your jam. I'll also link to a few articles in the show notes that I'm going to mention just in case you you want to read through all that yourself. You know, there's a, there's a lot of it. There's now 98 observational studies, six published randomized controlled trials, RTCs, and way more RTCs that have yet to be published. So lots of, lots of stuff to tuck into. Um, one that I will link to here, it's vitamin D supplementation to prevent acute respiratory infections, systemic review and meta-analysis of individual participant data. So this isn't looking specifically at COVID, but it's a meta-analysis that includes 25 randomized controlled trials, and it shows that the risk of developing acute respiratory tract infection could be reduced by the supplementation of vitamin D weekly. The conclusions of this study were that vitamin D supplementation was safe and it protected against acute respiratory infection overall. So yeah, are we worried about COVID right now? Totally. And also there's colds and flus and all that other kind of stuff. So um, the the focus of today is going to be more COVID-based, but just understand that vitamin D also extends to other viral infections, including respiratory infections. There was um, an interesting study done by Quest Diagnostics of uh, almost 200,000 people And it showed that poor vitamin D status the year before the pandemic was associated with a greater risk of infection during the pandemic. Um, So I'll link to that one. SARS-CoV-2 positivity rates associated with circulating 25-hydroxy vitamin D levels. And essentially what they did is they took everyone that had come to the lab the year before pandemic hit, and um, they, they, they analyzed their blood work. So an everyone with poor vitamin D status, they, they looked. And then they also were able to um, look at the people who tested positive for COVID infection. Um, the Chris Masterjohn's article kind of breaks down how they did that. But I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, another another article says, the, the titled, the sufficient vitamin D and albumin level have a protective effect on COVID-19 infection. The overall results in our case control study have shown that a significant negative correlation is established in between the mean vitamin D level and the severity of COVID-19 disease. Therefore, it is concluded that the immunomodulatory and anti-inflammatory effects of vitamin D potentially contribute to inhibit the viral replication in the body to confer the direct protection against the infection. Our findings strongly suggest that the adequate level of vitamin D is associated with probable and natural resistance against COVID-19 disease. Another one, low vitamin D levels and prognosis in a COVID-19 pediatric population assist, uh, systematic review. So this is looking at kiddos and teens. Meta-analysis of the quantitative data, six studies, showed pooled prevalence of vitamin D deficiency at 45.91%. So that means that almost half the population that they looked at were vitamin D deficient, 
not good. In infected pediatric patients, low levels of vitamin D increase the risk of severe disease. It also found that children and adolescents having vitamin D deficiency had greater risk of COVID infection as compared to patients with normal vitamin D levels. Improvement in disease severity with vitamin D supplementation was also noted. Whew. So lots and lots and lots of, of goodies there. And so the, the basic take-home message with all of this, um, when Chris Masterjohn synthesized all of this data, the conclusions were that the um, d- despite the fact that there's this ongoing threat of COVID-19, right, duh, <laughs> we get it, um, maintaining your vitamin D status in the 30 to 60 range is likely to protect against getting infected with the best protection offered in the 50 to 60 range. So I pulled lots of you on Instagram to see if, you, number one, did you know your vitamin D status? And number two, where was it? And a lot of people, the majority of people that um, that voted in were in the, the 30 to 40 range. So um, it might behoove you to bolster those levels up just a bit if you're there. I'm going to go through like the different levels in just a sec here. Uh, whether a supplement is needed to maintain this and how much depends on one's environment, lifestyle, diet, and other factors. So it is best to measure the blood level. These are all things that I discussed in that episode 105, all of the different things that influence your vitamin D status. So you might want to go check that out. Um, Many people living living in temperate regions would require 5,000 IUs per day during the coldest half of the year because of course, getting sun exposure, we are able to produce our own vitamin D through our skin, right? So if you're not getting that sun exposure, then supplementation is probably a good idea. Maintaining D in this range will also prevent a five or more day delay in the ability to quickly raise vitamin D supplements upon getting sick. So that is talking about, in the article, they were uh, there's a few studies, uh, four altogether, four from different places that looked at uh, utilizing vitamin D in hospital settings, in like a clinical setting with a loading dose. So if somebody came in sick with an infection, they used high levels, uh, like 60,000 IUs per day uh, during the infection. I definitely am not going to talk about that here. This is not medical advice. I am not advising you to go like start pounding 60,000 IUs of vitamin D per day. I'm just... um, saying it so you ha- so if you're more interested in this topic you can go read more about it he he covers all of the the different studies um it was that loading dose that 60,000 IUs did seem to speed up the viral clearance just really 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 interesting thing it seemed to reduce inflammatory markers um another kind of interesting finding uh but the big take home was that using lower doses that like maybe we would use uh, like as maintenance levels, like 1,000 I use, 2,000 I use, even 5,000 I use, even all the way up to 10,000 I use, didn't really seem to have the same effect of that high, high, high loading dose after somebody became sick. So that's just kind of interesting. We want to like, we can take vitamin D at, at lower doses sort of prophylactically to try to like boost up our levels. But if somebody's coming into a COVID illness with a deficiency, then just taking like 2,000 IUs, 5,000 IUs, even 10,000 IUs, probably not going to do a whole lot. 
is what the um, what the data seems to say. Okay, so let's tuck that aside and transition over into what do I do? <laughs> like, okay, great. Now what do I do? Let's take a quick break to thank our show sponsor, BioCult. Their boosted product is a multi-strain probiotic, four times the concentration of the original formula, which is why I prefer it. All of their probiotic strains are backed by clinical research. It really makes a great everyday probiotic. I just had somebody on Instagram reach out and say, this stuff has changed me. Thank you. So it's a great product. And the cool thing about it is that there's no need to refrigerate it. So you can take it with you when you're traveling, which I highly recommend because most of our guts get really jacked up when we're off our schedule, when we're traveling, when we're doing things that we don't normally do. So taking a probiotic with you is a good bet. You can give it to your kiddos. Those, uh, the capsules can break apart. You can sprinkle it into yogurt or oatmeal or add it to a drink. This is what I do for Hattie. I put in a little shot glass with a bit of water and she just shoots it down. So head to their website using the link in our show notes. Use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your order. So the real purpose of today's show is to advocate first and foremost for you to get your vitamin D status tested. You want to know where you are. I'm always recommending that we're basing vitamin D dosage off of our current status. Like where are we? Now, some of my clients and some folks that I talk to don't have access to a test or they're like, I, it's, it's a pain in the ass to like load up my kiddos and get in the car and drive to the doctor and pay the copay and get the appointment and take time off of work and all of that. Um, so what we went ahead and did is add a dried blood spot test. It's an at-home test kit to our website in the event that you are um, unable or it's just super inconvenient for you to get your vitamin D test. I wanted to make sure that you had it. The last thing I wanted to do was be like, you have to get your vitamin D tested and then not give you, not give you a, the opportunity to like actually do it. So you can purchase that right on my website. If you go to erinholthealth.com forward slash labs, um, it just look for at home vitamin D dried blood spot. So you don't have to get a, you don't have to go to the lab. You don't have to get your blood drawn. This is a finger prick test and um, you definitely pay a convenience fee. I'll just be flat out with you. My cost of that test is high. This is not, this is not the place I'm making my millions is <laughs> through these vitamin D test kits, but I wanted you to have access to them somewhere. So they're on, it's on my test if you need it or excuse me, it's on my website if you need it. Okay. Super convenient, wicked easy. Uh, the, the test gets, gets mailed to you from the lab. You do the finger prick and then it boops, goes back in the mail. And then you'll get an email from us with, uh, your results. This does not make you an active client of mine. This doesn't, we're not, you're not, we're not doing like an in-depth analysis or, or lab review where you're just getting your vitamin D status, which is an important thing to know. Now, if, and I always advocate, which we'll talk about in a second, second, it's like if you're, if you are supplementing with vitamin D at higher levels, you do want to get, you do want to retest within, I would say 90 days. Um, especially if you're doing higher dose vitamin D and let's say you, um, you order the test off of my website and it comes back as deficient, what you can do is actually ask your doctor to repeat the panel, um, especially if, you know, uh, if you're supplementing with those higher doses. Um, but if, if you have a history of vitamin D deficiency, your doc is a lot more likely to 
order a vitamin D test for you. Okay. So just keep that in mind. I am going to push you if you're supplementing with higher doses, I'm going to push you to get retested to make sure those, those vitamin D levels are coming up and you're not overshooting them. So when we're talking about vitamin D levels and your vitamin D status, this is based off of one marker known as 25-hydroxy vitamin D. You might see it on a lab report written as 25-OHD or 25-hydroxy. That is the most commonly tested marker. If you went into your doc's office, that is what they are testing. It is the marker of your supply of vitamin D. There's another lab marker that is 125-dihydroxy. So it might be written out as 1,25-di-OH vitamin D. It's also called calcitriol. So you can see it written as, as different things. Calcitriol acts on the vitamin D receptor. And so it's known as like the more active vitamin D. It really reflects biological activity of vitamin D, but it appears that, so it it, it appears that the 25-OH can also activate the vitamin D receptor and carry out biological activity, just like calcitriol. It's not as potent. It's it's not as powerful, uh, but we see it in higher concentrations. So there are some people that argue that 25 OHD is like, it's not the full vitamin D picture and maybe so, maybe not, but it's still a really valid marker. And so I just want to, I want to say that right out of the gate. Okay. And then we have different opinions on what is considered adequate for the most part, we're talking about with vitamin D status, 25 OHD. It's it's measured in nanograms per milliliter, so it will be written out as NG slash ML. Um, deficiency is really less than 20. Insufficiency is somewhere between 20 to 29. I would say anything under 30. We're gonna we're we're talking about a deficiency. We're talking about like mm, not good. We want to bump you up. Sufficient is considered thirty or more, and then potentially harmful is like once we start cruising up to a hundred to one hundred and fifty, that that could be problematic. So it's not like we want to just ramp up our vitamin D as high as we can go. There's definitely a sweet spot. I like to see people in the forty-five to. 50 range. I feel like that's access, uh, acceptable. Um, since we're talking about COVID specifically here, we might be looking to see more of a 50 to 60 range. That seems to be the, the having the most protection. So let's say you're cruising around like 30, it would make sense for you to supplement higher. If you're supplementing if you're supplementing already to maintain 30, then you probably want to supplement a little bit higher. Um, and we're always considering vitamin D use for therapeutic purposes versus preventative purposes too. Like what's the purpose of the supplementation, right? If you have autoimmunity, your your needs actually might be even higher. Like we might want to get those numbers up to like 50 to 80. So it really depends. There's no, I would say there's no blanket, like this is what you want to shoot for. It's like, what do you have going on? What are you trying to do? That's where we're going to try to try to get you. Now, when you're purchasing vitamin D, it, it does make sense. You don't just want to like go and grab, you know, something off of the shelf at like a Walgreens necessarily. There's a few things to keep in mind. I really like doing a D3 
K2 blend. So this is has a bit of vitamin K2 mixed in or a bit of vitamin K mixed in with the vitamin D3. There, uh, let's take a, a, just a second to talk about vitamin K2, uh, a little bit of an unsung hero. K2, it's different than K1. So there's, there's vitamin K comes in different forms. We have K1, which is, you know, most, mostly found in veggies like leafy greens. Then we have K2 and that tends to be packaged up in animal foods. So foods, um, kind of like, you know, our ancestral foods ancestral with an A. Did it, it sounded like I said incest. Ancestral foods like, um, you know, eating animals top to tail, perhaps doing some like full fat grass-fed dairy. Those are going to have the fat-soluble vitamins like A, vitamin D, vitamin K2 kind of all packaged up together. Uh, so we can get, in, get them in animal, animal foods, K2. We can also find it in some ferments like NATO, which is, you know, not what most people are housing on the reg. So K2 tends to be one that we can be deficient in. And when we're talking about K2, we're actually referring to a collection of different forms of K2, MK4, MK7, MK10, so on and so forth. So sometimes on the bottle, you'll see it written out as MK7, for example. It's part of the the vitamin vitamin K2 um, collection, if you will. So the reason that it's important when we're talking about vitamin D is, well, first of all, vitamins, especially fat-soluble vitamins, they, they all, all the nutrients that we consume kind of work together synergistically in the body. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to spot treat. It's kind of like a, an orchestra symphony in your body. They all work together to like make the harmonious sound. Um, <laughs> I know nothing about a symphony or an orchestra. So let's hope that metaphor lands. So vitamin D essentially helps the body absorb and utilize calcium for all intents and purposes. Whereas vitamin K2 sends the calcium to the right spot. So it sends, it, it makes sure that calcium is not being dumped in the kidneys, which would cause, cause kidney stones, which by the way, is a risk of taking too much vitamin D supplementation. Um, it makes sure that calcium isn't going to the blood vessels, which would contribute to heart disease. It, it makes sure that calcium is going to the right spots, like the bones and the teeth, the place that we actually want it. K2 also influences insulin sensitivity, which is a good thing. Um, it has an impact on our sex hormones. It can be anti-cancer. So it's doing a lot of different things, which is why I think it's smart if you're going to supplement with vitamin D to have it paired up with vitamin K2. So there's a couple of different options. This is not an exhaustive list, but I anticipate that folks will want to know like, well, which one should I be taking? Where can I find it? Um, I really like Seeking Health. They have one called Optimal Vitamin D3 and K2. They're drops. I prefer taking my vitamin D in drops. It's just easier. It's what I use for myself. It's what I use for Hattie to, uh, in the liquid form. It's just way easier. Their um, amount per serving is always something that you want to pay attention to. So for the Seeking Health, one drop is 500 IUs. So it's a little bit of a lower dose, so you can kind of build up as you need. Um, it also contains vitamin K2, 50 micrograms, um, as that MK4 that we talked about. The carrier oil, which is really important, is olive oil. So I, the, the things to pay attention to, is it D3? Is there K2? And what's the carrier oil? Um, and also, what is the dosing? Because you want to really make sure that you're plotting out your correct dose. And do not get it twisted. Don't mix up drop versus dropper full. So if, if it comes, some just like drop out like drip, 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 and some have almost like a tincture bottle, you know, where you 
fill a tube. Um, a drop in a dropper full are two different things. A drop is is just one drop. Weak. A dropper full is the whole tube. It's like the whole, you know, the whole tincture top essentially. So you want to make sure that you're really following the dosing correctly so you're not overshooting it. And then you don't want it mixed with any like bunk oils. I mean, some of the vitamin D supplementation that they recommend for babies and kiddos makes me want to cry just because it has so much like weird artificial stuff, like bunk carrier oils. Um, if you are looking one for your one at one for your baby. I like Nordic Naturals. Nordic Naturals is a really good job with oils. Uh, they make a baby vitamin D3 and it's the carrier oil is, is extra virgin olive oil. So that's a good one. Another great one is, um, is orthomolecular. This isn't a baby one. This, this would be for, for, um, parents or, or adults, whatever they're called, whatever you people are called, uh, orthomolecular vitamin D K2 blend. Every drop is a thousand I use with that. So if you were going to do a a higher dose, it would probably make sense to get, you know, to get something that that's a little bit more concentrated and potent. And then if you didn't want to do the drops, if you prefer taking pills, um, there's a lot of different options out there. Designs for Health makes uh, one called Vitamin D Synergy um, that has 2,000 IUs. They also have a more potent blend. It's Vitamin D Supreme, which is 5,000 IUs per pill. Um, And both of those also are paired up with Vitamin K. So those are some options to get you started. All that kind of stuff is available. If you're looking for a place to get them, it's available on my online dispensary, which we'll link in the show notes. Again, you totally don't have to purchase it there, but if you're looking for a place to get supplements, that's always available to you. Um, This is not, I'm not trying to like upsell you on anything with this. I just want you to get your vitamin D tested and supplement appropriately so we can get your immune system up to snuff. Also sleep, also reduce your stress, also eat well. So let's talk about dosing. If you are in the uh, insufficient range, So let's say like under 40, maybe. A good dosing strategy is 1,000 IUs for every 25 pounds of body weight, okay? So if you're you're like sufficient, like okay, but like not where you want to be, you can can use that dosing range. If it's like straight out deficiency, like under 20, we want to use a higher dosing strategy. So this might be 10,000 IUs to 15,000 IUs daily. This is when you're going to want to retest after anywhere between 60 to 90 days. This is not medical advice. I am not your doctor. I don't, I'm not your healthcare provider. I don't know your health history. Um, I went back and forth on whether or not I should even record this episode uh, because I didn't want to be giving people, you know, overt advice. I rarely, if ever, talk about dosing strategies um, on this podcast, but I figured this is such an important one and it's just not being discussed as as much as it should be. So I wanted to make sure that you had this information in your back pocket. But if you have any questions or any um any um any history of health problems, make sure you're taking this by your doctor and running it by them because they actually know you, they know your health history, all that jazz. Okay. Now, if you're somebody who's like, cool, I've been taking vitamin D, I can't get my levels up, I've been supplementing with it, I've been doing all the right things, what gives? Because I know that there's a lot of you out there. 
Um, the first place to start is, are you actually taking a high enough dose to pull yourself out of a deficiency? Because for a lot of people, 1,000 or even 2,000 I use a day is, is usually not enough to dig somebody out of a deficiency hole. You might want to bump it up to the 5,000 or even up to 10,000 units. Retest every 60 to 90 days, okay? So you'll, you're going to hear me say this over and over again. Retest, 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 retest. This is not a set it and forget it. You're not just going to like free base vitamin D, vitamin D for months upon months upon months upon months. Like you've got to do your due diligence. Vitamin D is, you know, it ha- has a lot of effect in the body. And so it's not something that we just want to be willy-nilly or cavalier about, right? So if you're going to be taking these higher doses, you do want to have a way to retest them. Then we also want to think about cofactors because like I said, that the vitamins and nutrients work in a symphony. They work together with other nutrients. And the conversion of vitamin D into its active form includes cofactors. Like we need things like magnesium, biotin, uh, calcium, boron, lots of different nutrients. So um, if you're just kind of undernourished in general, let's say you're not eating a whole foods diet, then then maybe you don't have the requisite nutrient cofactors to actually convert that vitamin D that you're taking into the, the vitamin D that we need in the body. So that's something to consider. Um, and if that's you, think about joining Eat to Achieve. Sign up for Eat to Achieve. Learn how to feed yourself. Learn how to fuel yourself appropriately. If you haven't spent the last year and a half working on your nutrition, now is a really good time to do it. Okay. Magnesium deficiency is one that I think of kind of like first and foremost. I talked about that on episode 105. It's super duper common. It's a um, supplement that I'm recommending, probably like one of the most top recommended supplements that, um, that I utilize in my, in my practice. It is super important for a number of different things. Um, and it can really make a big difference in vitamin D status. So if you're taking vitamin D, you're not increasing your levels, definitely think about magnesium. If you're not already, you can start supplementing with it. There's different chelates or different forms of magnesium that you can take. One of my favorites is magnesium glycinate or magnesium um, biglycinate. It's a really great one. If you tend towards constipation, sluggish bowels, I actually prefer magnesium citrate because it tends to have more of a laxative effect. So either way, you could start tinkering around with some magnesium supplementation. If you're already supplementing with it, um, then you might consider a micronutrient panel just to see where uh, the status is for the rest of those cofactors. Another big thing to consider is if you have ongoing GI issues because vitamin K2 is made in the colon. So if you have dysbiosis there, if you don't have enough beneficial species, you might not be producing enough vitamin K2. We need, this is a big one, if somebody is not able to bring up their um, their vitamin D levels, I'm always thinking about fat malabsorption or um, like or gallbladder issues. Like, are they not digesting their fat? If you have a stool test, look at the steatocrit. Are, do you have fat in your stool? Do you have elevated fat in your stool? That's a really good indication that you are uh, not digesting your fat. If you, We should be absorbing all the fat that we eat, not pooping it out. It shouldn't be in our stool. It shouldn't be in our toilet. It should be in our bodies. So uh, that would be something to consider. Gallbladder issues are insanely common, especially with women, especially over the age of 40, um, especially if you have insulin issues, if you have higher levels of fasting insulin, um, think about getting, you know, think about gallbladder health. Um, 
I did an episode way back in the day. I think it was episode 37 where I talked about liver health and bile production. Those are some strategies that you can utilize. I also have a free digestive guide on my website that you might check out that talks about ways to support your digestion, support your fat absorption. So those are all resources that are available to you um, if you think that that might be your bag. But gut health Gut health absolutely affects the absorption of of vitamin D. If you're actively working on healing intestinal permeability, your absorption might eventually improve. uh, improve. So always be, what? Retesting your vitamin D levels to gauge how things are going. Um, And then finally, you also want to think about uh, liver health. Um, we, We convert vitamin D into its active form in the liver. So if there are any issues with the liver, then we might see a lower conversion rate. So um, really think about supporting your liver. Uh, Episode 37 can teach you all about that. Um, But if let's say you're like, okay, I've kind of run through the checklist. Everything's I think everything's like sound as a pound. I've been supplementing at a higher dose. Like maybe you've been at 15,000 IUs for two months and it's not working well. Then you might want to test that other marker that I was talking about, that 125-dihydroxyvitamin D or calcitriol. Um, they, they're used interchangeably. You, that, that might be something that you could test. Because if your 25 OH is low, but your 125 dihydroxy or your calcitriol is high, that's usually indicative of a problem. It's indicating that something else is going on. That can happen if there's underlying inflammation. Um, Vitamin D is known as a negative acute phase reactor. Uh, reactant, which means that 25-OHD declines in response to the onset of inflammation. It happens pretty quickly. So that is one thing to consider. If we see that pattern where 25-hydroxy is low and calcitriol is high, there could be an underlying pathogen or immune system, tomfoolery, the the body might be going through a lot of vitamin D um, in an attempt to deal with the infection or or the pathogen. So this would require a deeper dive, um, working with your healthcare provider, working with your uh, practitioner to do like a CBC, just kind of look for... um, Look for other things, other signals that things that that things could be off. Maybe you're running a CRP, homocysteine, um, looking for inflammation in the body. And it's not like uh, it's not specific diagnostic criteria. So like it's not going to be like this is the thing that's wrong. It's more like it's going to tell you that like something might be off. So you do want to work with somebody skilled in, in understanding uh, different different labs. So that, my friends, is the long and the short of it. Let's wrap this up with the Cliff's Notes. Get your vitamin D tested. It really, really matters from an immune health standpoint, especially when we're thinking about current events. We're seeing a lot of benefit with having good, solid, 
um, vitamin D status right now. So get yourself tested. If you need to supplement, supplement. If you need to increase your supplementation, increase your supplementation, get retested, make sure everything's working and um, continue to maintain your health and be well. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.